cons including England isn't they straight. didn't unusable uh, and they didn't include it. Only. Cons including that they killed the Vignelli map in favor of just a Yeah, that, that is true. The Vignelli map. We're going to actually talk about the Vignelli Good, map. What is this Vignelli map? It's just the prettiest graphic design for a transit map that I've seen in my life. Vignelli was a genius and he's dead and New York never used his map. Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fiona. We also have a guest today. Say hi, guest. Hi, guest. For real, hi, I'm Will. I'm a transit enthusiast, a uh, bike commuter, and I love maps and all things maps and making maps. Wow, what a coincidence we're talking about maps today. Wow, really? Is that what you're doing here? That's shocking. You're not just I here to hang out? I cannot believe it. <laughs> no, I wandered in here because I, I took a wrong turn um, trying to get to the cafe. So, uh, <laughs> yes, but all of your transit mapping desires shall be fulfilled after the news trademark. This Sunday, bus service in Portland got a serious upgrade with the inauguration of the new FX2 Division Street bus line. The new route features improved stops, including some floating bus stops with protected bike lanes, as well as transit priority and bus lanes in key areas. The 15-mile-long corridor was delivered at a cost of $175 million, making it one of the most cost-effective bus improvement projects seen in recent years. Brilliant. Yes. Good stuff. I remember when we talked about this on a previous we news did. segment. We did talk about the FX. Well, we talked about this at length in the Portland episode. Very BRT, much wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but actual, actual BRT. Actual BRT, yeah. 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 It is a technically a federally funded BRT project, but Portland's gone out of their way to make it more of a bus improvement project. What do you mean? It isn't just, you know, rebuilding the road and slapping down some bus lane paint to pretend like it's a bus rapid transit project that you actually just used federal money to rebuild the road that you wanted to rebuild anyway. And slap down some bus paint. Yeah. Really and improve expensive the stops. bus paint. Really expensive Mind bus you. paint. Yeah. yeah. Like this, this is the same cost as um, UVX. Or OGX. And it's five miles longer. It's only slightly more expensive than OGX and it's 10 miles longer. So... Good on you, Portland. Were they just more cost-effective, or...? Yeah, and, you know, they didn't spend all the money rebuilding the entire road and the utilities under it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is go the most Portland. of the cost of OGX. So, there you go. In other, less exciting news, Bart was affected by a major service disruption on the 18th after a vehicle crash caused a motorcyclist to be ejected onto the tracks as a train was passing by. Unfortunately, the person in question did not survive. Although such incidents are unfortunately common in American rail transit, Bart's response was not. The agency showed an unusual amount of empathy for everyone involved, and Bart's leadership and communications team should be applauded for their handling of a truly horrific accident. What in the actual It's a hell? very, like, terrible thing to happen, but also extremely wily coyote. How, how did that? Like, a car that... hit a motorcyclist and made them swerve, and then they hit a curb, and were ejected over the barrier between the road and the BART tracks because the BART tracks come out of, like, an underground section under Oakland and into an elevated section. And so there's a barrier because, you know, it has to be on the ground for a little while there. So they hit the curb, flipped the motorcycle. Jumped as the train was coming. Jumped over the track. And this is a Sunday, mind you, so it's 30-minute three-line BART service. Not good service. And gets ejected on the tracks just as the train is coming. This is the that, most, like, freak crash ever. This is literally so, a freak that's accident. That's very unlucky. Yeah. That might be the worst luck. So, Everything went wrong. Yeah, condolences wow. to the individual, condolences to their family, and condolences to the BART operator who had to deal with that. <sighs> I have friends who have, all around. who have been in control of trains that have hit people, and it is not an exciting experience. So... I feel, yeah, condolences to everyone involved. 
Um, also, to our surprise, the Daytona 500 has recently been moved from beautiful Dayton, Ohio, to the much inferior city of Daytona Beach, Florida. Our bad. <laughs> I, I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Out. Like, yeah. Well, how could they move this on such short notice and not tell us, the Redline Podcast? This, this should have been a major <laughs> news story. Why didn't we hear about it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why you would move from, like, beautiful Dayton, Ohio to Florida is beyond me, but, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. life. Yeah. This has been the news. So, in the early days of transit mapping, maps were primarily geographical and showed the actual overlay of a system over a landscape. These maps have been produced for almost as long as there has been public transportation, and examples can be seen going back to the very beginning. And, you know, in some places, they're still in use. Like, for example, uh, commuter rail networks use these. Like, uh, if you look at the new NJT map that they just put out, it's sort of geographically accurate. Um, Makes sense. National rail network maps use these because people are familiar with, like, country boundaries and state or province boundaries, etc. Right, like if you look at the Amtrak national rail map, it's just a thing of the United States with some lines on it. Most, most of them in the Northeast. Yes, most of the lines are in the Northeast, Kyle, very astute. Yeah, it feels like as soon as you get to like Kansas, it just falls off. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty bad. It's base, isn't it like the city of New Orleans that runs from Chicago to New Orleans, and that's kind of like the westernmost boundary of good rail service in the country? That's Amtrak. That's Amtrak. <laughs> Bus maps are all almost still geographical. Which makes sense. Buses are strongly referenced to local streets roads. and roads. Yeah. One thing that's really interesting about geographical transit maps anymore is that since we have the internet trademark now, uh, all these like new transit apps and like Google Maps and Apple Maps, they all map these things geographically. So in a lot of ways, we're seeing like kind of a return, but spelled with a V before the N. Return, return, return. Like churches. Yes. Churches. Yes, churches. Churches. And this works because on, say, a phone or a computer, you can zoom in and move around as much as you want. So you don't really run into any of the legibility issues you run into by making a paper geographically referenced map. This is correct. Sometimes even panoramic view maps were used, which would show network from the perspective of a high point, which we had in an old UTA map that I didn't know existed, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was cool. This weird old, like, one from, like, I don't know where this is, like, over Murray, sort of, and it just kind of shows... It's like you're looking from south to north at the, at the downtown skyline. From it's, a plane at like 3,000 feet AGL. If you're in Utah, there's a high likelihood you are a skier or have seen a map of a ski resort. Sort of like that. It's a perspective-based map. Yes. It's, it's kind of cool, I'm not going to lie. It's completely unusable, though. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay. Not, you could not navigate with it. But this is the sort of map that looks great on the wall. It's very much like an ad map, like this little San Jose map we have here, like hey, you should come ride my electric interurban. Here's the places it goes. Isn't that neat? Kind of like <laughs> vaguely, but you can't actually look in close enough to see any destinations, and we couldn't fit labels either. Come visit San Diego and the one train station, San Diego, that I love because it's at a 45-degree angle, cuts right through <laughs> the clock, and has RGB LEDs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very vapor, or not vapor wave. Um, gamer train station. Gamer, gamer train, train Gamer station. wave train station. <laughs> this train station plays video games. Whoa! Wow! Unfortunately, although geographic maps look cool and certainly have low uses, they aren't great for legibility and for depicting the connectivity between lines in a system. And where this really becomes an issue is in larger systems, both in like, you know, station counts and mileage counts. They both become an issue because you have to, you know, deal with the ever-expanding size of the network when they're a large geographic system, and then you have to deal with all these weird little stations that have to be really, really close together if you have a whole bunch of stations. And you just can't fit in all the lines and labels in a two-scale map. This is correct. Enter the diagrammatic map, also known as a abstract map. Ooh. Thank you for ah. the appreciative ooze and ah. Ooh. 
that was multiple oohs and one ah. Who's and ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so what diagrammatic maps do is they discard, or mostly discard, like, m- very rarely do you just, like, completely throw geography out the window. It keeps kind of, like, the same overall shape of the system, some of the major contours. So it, it's just a simplification, then? Yeah. Like yeah. So, like, if you look on the tube map, the modern tube map, that is, you still have, like... Not that one. There's so many tube maps on here. Ah, there's too many tube maps. Yeah, you see, there's still the Thames in there, just Mm -hmm. for reference. So, anyhow. So, the first diagrammatic transit maps appeared on district line trains in London in 1908. But they weren't really, like, widely adopted until a later date, which, you know, we're going to get into because we're going to talk about the tube for a while for the first time. Ooh, the diagrammatic map you have on here of the district map shows the whole thing in just one straight line with, like, some branches popping out above and below. And that reminds me a lot of the UTA maps they have in the trains that have been made into a really wide aspect yes. ratio to fit above the, the windows. The maps, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't honest, like the that's, two, no, Yeah, that's I don't like that line. style either. It loses <laughs> too much geography. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, we don't live in a straight line world. It's like our UTA strip maps. They, like, vaguely follow the right direction. I would say, though, that the maps are sort of context-based, and so it is good to have strip maps, like, on the trains. This is true. Because this is true. you're not going to... F- no matter how hard you t- try, you can't squish the whole tube map to, like, fit legibly. <laughs> and so it's more yeah. a reference of, like, okay... Where's the next station? Yeah, exactly. Or, like, how many stations still might And what does it interchange with? Because if you yeah. look down there at all the bottom, you have all the different lines that it interchanges with. This is true. They're and not... that's very important in a city with, like, exponentially large lines. number of trains. <laughs> yeah. Not as good as the full map for, like, navigating and orienting yourself, but... But it's a handy reference, like, when you need it. Yeah. They should have those old map pull-downs that teaches you. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> like a huge yes. in, the, in the middle of the aisle. Full UTA system. <laughs> every bus service, oh. everything. Yeah, just pull it down oh, and be like, man. yeah, okay. I told okay. myself someday I would draft a full UTA bus map, but then I looked at the UTA bus map and was yeah, like, oh, is pretty oh, good. I don't know mm. if this is going to... I agree. Yeah. So... Now, diagrammatic maps are now the standard for rapid transit maps and a lot of other map applications, too, like, you know, S-Bahn, X-Bahn, Y-Bahn, Z-Bahn, whatever, Don't whatever bond you got. Z-Bahn. Z-Bahn. Omega-Bahn. Z-Bahn. Z-Bahn, if you're British. Yeah, but now they're the standard. But it wasn't always that way, you see, kids. So, the evolution of the tube map, or the TFL map, if you're a weirdo, um, provides a good example for how transit maps evolved into their modern form. And this is because much of the underground functions as a rapid transit system in the inner city and a higher speed, more commuter-oriented service in suburban areas. There are, therefore, enormous differences in station spacing that make the tube a very difficult system to map. The first tube map was published in 1908 as the formerly disparate underground railways in London began to consolidate into a single entity, now known as Transport for London. Yeah, but at the time it was Underground Electric Railways of London, which I think is a cooler name, to be honest. I agree. It's primarily not underground anymore, so, you know, there is that. So we're looking at the map here. It's got these big blobs where stations are meant to be and uh, very curvy. There's roads under it. I do like the text, underground. Yeah, the text of the actual station names is completely unreadable, though, and is at like a bazillion weird-ass angles. I think my biggest gripe with this map is the green line because it... (laughs) down in like the Which lower left around Earl's Court it just becomes a, a spaghetti mess of Ooh. the district line yeah yeah and you yeah. can't tell where that's the problem I have with 
I hate what we'll I hate how they've like blurred together the different colors of some of the different lines that I That's presume interline. Oh, they did that. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Like modern Ew. maps show those as like consistent with separate lines. See, I want to like put faith in these designers and be like, it's probably due to the limited like printing technology of the time. That nope, that that's not it. We're gonna yeah. see. We're gonna it's see some good maps here in a minute. Yeah, and then uh, the other issue with this <laughs> is that it just doesn't show a whole bunch of stations outside the center city. Oh, yeah, that. Because there wasn't enough space because they were doing, you know, to geographically scale. accurate. Yeah. 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 Mm. And so later maps tried to fix the issue by just making the map really enormous and even more illegible. <laughs> <laughs> Great. There's so, much, so, there's so much dead space on that map. Yeah. That's that's the real big issue with this one. It's like, you know, it shows most of the stations. It still doesn't show all of them because it's big, but there's just dead space up the wazoo. There's no punch. Is it called a punch out where uh, you see the... What would you call that? Cutaway. Cutaway. That could greatly benefit from a cutaway. Like, even the yes. modern UTA bus map has two of those. This is true. But... Salvation was coming for the tube. The tube. The tube in, in it. it. The tube in it. <laughs> um, yes. In 1928, a map maker named Fred Stingemore, very British name, uh, was able to <laughs> squeeze in more stations by regularizing the distances between stations on the map. Unfortunately, it still wasn't enough, and some stations on the Bakerloo, Metropolitan, and District lines were still omitted. Because there's so many stations and so much line that you kind of have to go over the top to make them all fit. Is this why they don't build more station and line in America? Is because the maps would just the get too complex? <laughs> the real reason the real we don't reason. build trains in America. Inadequate yeah, map No maps. <laughs> this is correct. Like, our, our map file is full. We can't put more in there. <laughs> There's only so much you can put on an A4 sheet of paper. Yeah, and, you know, this map, it's fine, I guess. I mean, it's still a little illegible because, you know... Six out of ten. Like, 90% of, of the entire middle of the city is just text. <laughs> well, like, yeah. it, it would benefit from a small amount of dead space, in my opinion. Yes. But Ooh. a revolution in transit affairs was coming, and it came in the form of draftsman Harry Beck, who came up with the first modern tube map. Is this where we start straightening out the lines? This is. It was a much cleaner, much more modern design, and it is effectively the first modern transit map. So it cleaned up and straightened out the curvy lines of the original map and uh, just kind of ditched geography mostly because that, you know, wasn't it working. Not fitting on the tube. <laughs> right. So what year is this map from? This is from 1931. But the deal with it was when he tried to send it to UERL, <laughs> Underground Electric Railways of London, uh... They thought it was, like, too revolutionary. <laughs> like, the people... It's, that too, of its, time. it's too ahead of its time, oh. so they wouldn't take it. But Beck didn't give up, and he resubmitted the map the next year, and this time, leadership at Underground Electric Railways of London, which I love to say, was much more receptive of his idea, and his map was published in 1933 after a few minor changes. And so this revised map, it's, it's <laughs> kind of established the basic, like topology of the two map now. So you have the little ticks for stations, and then you have the sort of open, in this case, diamonds for interchange stations. Does that include buses? That does not include buses. Okay. There's buses at every tube station, as far as I'm aware. Right, right, because <laughs> London. Yes. This was like a big deal, and it was an immediate hit, and almost a million, and, the, and this is what the locals called it back then. They called it the diagram because it was the 30s and everyone was weird. Um, <laughs> so a million of these were distributed within a year. Wow. So, I like the varied color on the text, too. It helps you tell which station names go with which lines. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to read in the center city. So yeah. what, is our, what is our rating of the original, like, modern tube map here? That's a solid... I'm going to give that a 7 or an 8. This I'd is say like, this is an 8, probably. This there, isn't... It's an 8. There's minor things that kind of bug me on, like, an OCD level, but... Yeah, like, as far it, as the overall layout and overall graphic design, this is as good as it gets nowadays. If you were to take it and make it look like it was made yesterday, it'd probably be a real good map. I'm yeah. patriotic, so it gets a 10. 
He gets a 10? Yeah. That's... <laughs> he, Alex is Fair. Again, I, this, this is map's in my blood. Also. Yeah, yeah, also yeah. this is the first map to include cockfosters, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Alex is just over here singing like, you know, Rule Britannia! Da, 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 da. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That, that map's a good one. So what's the deal with the next one? Because it's, <laughs> it's oh, like they kind of um, mucked it up to some So degree. there were some <laughs> weirdos over at UERL during, like, you know, just when World War II was starting who wanted, like, you know, the center city stations to be more emphasized. By making them larger. Uh, and uglier. Uh, and so they forced Beck to do this against his wishes, and this is the horrendous result. This so is uglier and less readable. Yes. It stands out too much because it makes you wonder, like, is there a difference for those stations? Like, what's the what's the deal? Do the right. tunnels get bigger? Do the tunnels get... Is, are they eight-track lines? <laughs> <laughs> nine-track lines. Why are the Why station names in nine, diamonds? Though? Well, you need a peak hour express track. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah. No, you mean you need the center turn lane track. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a train strode. I believe... <laughs> a strain. A strain. A strode train. It's a railway. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were some unfortunate uh, design decisions in the mid-century, but overall the design stuck around. And this is straight lines with curved corners into diagonals to show changes in directions, station names in legible font and differentiation between interchange and normal stations, and then abstract depiction of major geographical features. In this case, the River Thames. That's all you really need. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters. There's not. There's no mountains in like the, foreign the roads countries. Roads are a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as they should be. Roads being a nightmare is good and based. I will stake my claim on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. A good hill to die on. Um. So you know, he did some further maps in in further into the century, and they're all basically the same as the first one. But we do get these kind of like modern interchange looking symbols that they have which are basically the same as now interesting and also a lot more lines because they you know do rail expansion there occasionally i will say that i do my hot take in transit mapping is i actually like hexalinear maps which um do you oh okay all right <laughs> Hexagon. Quick, we're gonna give a quick lesson here there are different denotions of transit maps um the two most common that i think are seen in abstract are uh hexalinear and octilinear and so octilinear is everything is at 90 or 45 degree angles yeah. so it's like based on an octagon grid and hex hexalinear is on a uh, slide 14 where it's at 60 degree angles to each other so ah. hexagon so nothing can go straight like up hexalinear those are like two kind of primary map design schools, and I actually rather like hexalinear. I, it's not used a lot, but like the um, Vignelli map is an octilinear map. Um, I've also seen radial maps, which we'll talk about the Moscow Metro here. Yes. In a bit, but. Um, I would say my big issue with this map that we're looking at here, other like, you know, it keeps the ticks, but I think the interchange stations are weird. That's my big gripe with this they one. They are weird. They're not like the worst I've ever seen, but they they definitely are non-traditional, and I would I would knock a point for that. But I do like the hexalinear nature of it. I find good. I find the not um, ninety degree angles very soothing. Yeah, it is yeah. nice. It's yeah. like organ. It's a nice blend of organic and and geometric. Yes, and so having looked at those, that brings us to the modern TFL map, which, you know, is completely illegible, but that's just because there's so much on it. <laughs> it's not complete. Like, I wouldn't say this is more illegible than, like, some Printed at an adequate size. I don't even think that this is the full thing. Printed um, at an adequate size, that being the entire wall, I think this would be very legible. We're um, missing South London. They need to fix their, <laughs> their zones, like the zone depictions. Yeah. Oh, goodness. It's not immediately clear what the circle is for. That's the zones, right? Yeah, because yeah, like they, the they do fair zones similar to like the RTD does. Like yeah. we're, we're lucky like, in Utah. UTA is just you buy a ticket and you're good to go. UTA barely even does fares. I know. Like, yay, University of Utah students, because I abuse the heck out of my free UTA fare. But <laughs> you abuse it so much as use it. Yeah, I'm and sure that I pay a lot for and it. And this is a secret <laughs> that I've learned from working at UTA is that the university actually does get charged when you use your card. Oh, I didn't know that. So make if you're a University of Utah student, tap on and tap off to give your local transit authority money. Oh, good. <laughs> good. I, I always make sure like I do. Like a money printing machine. Extra make sure that I do. Yeah. Um, 
But basically, the tube map, this, you know, Bex 33 tube map, is the starting point for basically all modern transit map design. And, you know, now it's kind of Will's time to shine. Oh, because, is it? Yeah. Oh. Because we're going to talk about what makes a good transit map. And since you're clearly the expert knowing what hexalinear and octolinear are, and I had no idea what that was. I didn't even. What, do you, what in your professional opinion makes a good transit map? Well, I was going to say you've, you've linked my favorite blog on the script. Ah, I yes, transitmap.net. Transitmap. Yeah, that's my favorite. I enjoy that. Um, anyway, what I would say is make a, makes a good transit map is clear communication to a degree because I think that I remember back to the episode you did with um, the Utah Transit Riders Union about education and how they would have jumping on streetcar demos it's all about education like no amount of idiot proofing a map (laughs) and showing it to someone who doesn't know how to read a map is going to make it easier to read but yeah typography is really important picking like a good font that's very clear I'm a fan of Helvetica Bold purely because of the Vignelli map that of course they used. it is fair Vignelli. so this gets back to those minor issues you were mentioning yeah, about the earliest of yeah. this style of map um, I would say clearly denoting interchanges. Like some of the earlier two maps suffered from just blobs. <laughs> I feel like if you don't see very well, that would be very crappy to try and navigate that map. Um, be cool if the tube map could differentiate between regular interchanges and interchanges where you have to walk half a mile through a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, which I think the, uh, the current New York subway map does well. Um, well, I don't know if Moscow Metro does. Uh, th- what the Moscow Metro does well when we get to it is denoting passenger flow, and I'll explain that when we get there. Okay. Um, the interchanges are designed in a specific way to like clearly communicate the path from one platform to another. Like sure. it's mini- oh. with it. all on the map. Yeah, it's super. It's a well designed. I look map forward to seeing this. What else? Compactness. I think that yeah, it's absolutely important on a transit map to abstract it to a degree. So you can make good use of your paper space and not have, like, a crowded section and a sparse section. Exactly. Right, like that one, like, old tube map, the geographic one we looked at, that was, like, you know, really stringy, and there was just a bunch of dead space. That's not good because... You can barely tell, like, which label goes with which line in the center And they ran into issues where they're trying to to stick to it so much that they just put the rest of the station in boxes or, like, yeah, go this way and (laughs) extrapolate. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're you're putting a little too much faith in, like, the ability of... average person to interpret this. So the functionality of the map wins over geographic accuracy. I would say functionality of the map and functionality specifically for navigating transit. Like, I'm sure if you really wanted to, like, that was my gripe with the, the London map with a bunch of dead space is because you could probably use that as a map to navigate the highway system (laughs) just as easily as you could use it to navigate the transit system. And we did not say, we did not set out to design a map like a highway navigation map. A transit map is a transit map. It's for transit. Yes. It's not for car users. And do, do you feel like geographic maps went out the window because you're underground in a tube station and there's no real... Well, but most of the tube's above ground. Oh. Well, in the instance of... We'll, we'll take the New York subway because the reason they actually scrapped Vignelli's map was because people were apparently getting disoriented because it wasn't geographically accurate. And so they were worried about ride times because, unfortunately, that was a dark time for the New York subway where there was a lot of crime and a lot of graffiti and very, like... Um, so apparently the guy who drafted the modern one, like, when he as he rode through the tunnels, he, like, just drafted the curvature as he was riding it. Oh, to, like, interesting. But at the same time, like, I feel like a modern, we should bring back the Vignelli-style map because, again, it's a transit map. It's for transit. It's for navigating yeah. transit. It's it's supposed to communicate lines, what stations are on what lines, the interchanges and stuff like that. Maybe points of interest, like the River Thames on the, on the tube map or in Salt Lake. Well, we have the free fare zone, which is basically downtown, but it's... Transit map's not supposed to just be like a. I just came to Salt Lake and I'm going to use solely this map to know where all the restaurants are, where the freeways are. Mm. Like it, you know, pick and choose your battles when you're designing maps and don't over design it for too many things. It's like a strode. If a strode was a map, <laughs> trying to be a, it's trying to be a car, yeah, if it's trying to be a car map and, and a, a cycling map. map and a transit map and a bus map, it's going to fail at being all four of those things. 
Good analogy. <laughs> yeah, very urbanism. Good analogy. So we got we got some pictures of some maps here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them. Yay! Let's so, go. Uh, we have the current New York City subway map, and the part of the Vignelli map. Opinions. So are we just going to give opinions on this? Yeah, sure. I okay. mean, we can talk about the history of one of them if you want to. I'm sure you're aware of. I don't have a ton of history. I just know that the Vignelli map was made before they consolidated the lines into trunk and branch lines, as they have it designated now. Yes. Rip the orange trains, being the B, the D, the S, and the M trains. <laughs> how it is anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is actually no joke. Those I were the lines for a while. dislike um, that immensely. There's a couple of signs they still haven't changed out yet that you can find. That Anyway, um, <laughs> things I like about the Vignelli map. It's colorful and aesthetically pleasing, and I'm sure many people would disagree that that's a good thing for a map, but I do like it. Um, a thing that I read on transitmaps.net a lot is actually the angle of the text being consistent. And this is something I didn't think about until it was pointed out to me of like, have everything 90 degrees or have everything 45 degrees. Don't split it like half and half. It can be disorienting. And that is that is cool. Like even on the 45 degree lines, the text is still straight. Yeah, exactly. And on the, the tube, the current tube map does this really well. And the old Vignelli map does this well. Whereas you can see there's like three or four different angles of text on the, on the current map. Yeah. Um, so probably not the biggest deal breaker, but I think the approach is always making sure it's accessible to as many people as possible. And, you know, I can look at it. I, the first time I walked in the New York subway, I looked at a sign and I looked at the platform and I'm like, okay, I know exactly how this works. Whereas, like, my parents still bring me along to interpret how to ride the subway. Um, Understandable. It's know. very... Of the of the world's metro systems, I will say the New York City subway is probably the most complex, just because of service patterns. Yes, the Paris RER actually okay. is a little more okay. complex. Okay, I will grant you. That. I will say that was my the coolest thing I think. Do we have a Paris metro map on here? We yeah, there's okay. one. It's I'll not save like it. a full map. I'll save it till we get there. But okay, next we have <laughs> the old UTA map. And the new UTA map, which, yikes, bro. There's like <laughs> three or four different angles of text, and I hate it. And yeah, the, the old station map. spacing on this one, oh, my goodness. It's bad. It's like, like, on Front Runner, it's like perfectly uniform, but on everything else, it's geographically referenced. Here's oh. my thing. Pick to be geographically accurate <laughs> or be diagrammatic. Don't try and do both, as in the case of... If you're going to make your lines straight, make your lines straight. If you're going to make them curvy, make them curvy. But please don't do both. All right. And they've got, like, three (laughs) different options for – four different options for circles. There are small circles downtown because it's geographically referenced. There's larger circles elsewhere. And they also differentiate between 24-hour and week-long parking availability at different stations. Of course. In the main circle on the primary map. Also, have you noticed that the S line has weird stations and that its line sort of continues? Continues beyond the, the <laughs> 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 and, and then also on front runner that's a thing have you noticed like but not what? on any of the other lines I had a rating for this and it keeps going down <laughs> look at it. and then and then these giant text boxes what is that like Murray Central transfer between tracks front runner and buses the new like something that is displayed on exactly the t- <laughs> like again the thing of like to a certain extent foolproofing your map is not going to make more people you understand. Don't, you don't even like, have to say that. The okay. front runner line touches the tracks line. Yeah, they both. Which under a dot. There are some cases in some maps where like lines will intersect, but a line won't stop there. Well. Th- that's not the case on this map. Yeah, and also the interlining is just like horrific. I mean, look at look at you can see white between the lines. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, no! Yeah. I'm I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna go out here and say. I like that map. You do. I prefer to look at that map, even with all the like inconsistencies and <laughs> issues, just being horrible over the new map. And they've marked. I don't know why. And they've Fair. marked three hospitals and zero other points. Yeah, of interest. what is the deal with the hospital marking? Also, can we talk about that for a sec? Like, I understand that that's an important point, but again, be a transit map or be a hospital. A hospital. Map. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't you love how on the front runner north section it switches back and forth between which side the text is uh, on? It also switches between angles. Um, the length, oh. the length of the line past the text varies right, between before then, and after the text. But then Ogden isn't even labeled. You have to look at the info box to see that it's Ogden. <laughs> that is uh, so bad. Hey, at least bad. Pleasant View is on here. It's bad. That plummeted from like a four out of ten to a two out of ten. <laughs> see. I, I see why there's no point showing the curve where 4th South turns into 5th South on a transit map. No, there's no reason for it. Nope. They also showed the curve where it goes back up at Stadium and then it curves back out again. What is the deal with that? And I think they also have a <laughs> physically accurate representation of the... the no, line. the airport curve is definitely smoother than that. I don't think it's so. It's just the north side of the green line is accurate, the south side is not. The north side of the... Uh, I, I dislike this map. See, it. I just like it. I do not like this Sam I am. It, it, it follows like the blob methodology of stations as well, which I'm not a fan of. See, uh. I, I think they overcurved that map, but I still do like some curves. Now, that is my key point about the new one, is that it's too angular. It is They're very like angular. It is. It's too angular. There are mm-hmm. square corners on that I center. hate square corners See, on maps. I'm I, sorry. I really yeah. don't like the University South Campus and nope. the The airport Douglas. curve is definitely yeah. rounder than that on the end. Like, because it, it follows the freeway curve. Yeah, yeah. I think they like just curved really. it extra so it didn't intersect with the title. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I can't. Let's 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 look at the new map, which is better. Let's marginally avert your eyes. Yeah. Oh, also this one doesn't have the colorblind oh, accessibility. Oh yeah, where's the, the UVX one? Where's the UVX? Um, this is. Oh, not our new map, map isn't even new enough for that. Yeah, I need to so find the new map. Hold on. There's a new new map that includes the UVX and know, also col- is also colorblind accessible. Schedules and maps. So Regional maps. Have they built? Aha, uh, uh-huh. rail and BRT. OGX isn't done yet. Won't be for a while. How do I take a picture of this? So colorblind accessible how? They put letters in addition to just colors. Well, actually, Kyle, the the new line is even better than that, and we will see in just a sec. Yeah, no, at the end of the red line on the new map, that is is so bad. Look at the text University South Campus on that hard corner. Yeah, this is, again, suffering from the same text angle issue that a couple other maps have. Okay, there's the ah. actual modern map here now. (laughs) Um, Things that I don't like. Uh, Again, the the angling's weird. It is weird. The the title's bad. Rail and BRT map. Yeah. Uh, That might be issue number one. Um, Hey, we're supposed to be mode agnostic here. No. The the legend is nice. I like the way this legend is laid out. I like the line indicators on the end of the lines. Yeah, Those that was nice. that was the biggest improvement I noticed from <laughs> the from not just this like not the bad map that we're looking at, but from the map before last change. I really appreciate that they actually put like you know green line. Um, things that bother me, and this is pretty much universal across all UTA maps, is the front runner around Murray Central does this little... <laughs> I, I get what it's trying to communicate, but I hate it. it well, this also me. happens in real life. I, I know it does, but again... It does look weird. It's just one of those things where it's like, I get why, and I get to differentiate the blue line from the front runner, but also, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, <sighs> probably the worst thing about this map for me is that it displays regular UVX and the sa- or the East Bay Loop as the same service, which oh, they are not. <laughs> what? They're Those are not. two different things? Yeah, the East Bay Loop is a 20 minute, every 20-minute service, and it doesn't, interlo- it doesn't run on to... It's oh. just a single UVX bus that continually runs the loop. For whatever ass reason, it's part of the main UVX schedule. If you look on the website, they display it in a really convoluted way. Well, shame on that. Despite That's it being a different service. <sighs> it's yeah. like so close to being really good. Uh, what I would say to fix this map is standardize it. The other thing that bothers me about the front runner loop is the rest of the map is octilinear, and that is not. This is not. This is closer to a hexalinear line. Great. And then also they do have curves on the south end of the BRT line, but that's the only place in the whole map <gasps> okay. that they curved it. Yeah, that's that horrible also. Why is that? <laughs> Grab your bevel tool and throw like a 20 pixel bevel on it and it would look fine. Like you could like, fix this map so easily. There's like little tweaks you could do. Again, I, I feel bad for like critiquing this hard. Yeah, but it's It's overall... 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. 10. That's a much better score than <laughs> <They probably laughs> another monstrosity. 
Also, I love that there's a Compass Rose. Like, the new Compass Rose is better than the old one. The other weird thing that I don't like necessarily is just the floating city names out. Oh. Like, the, the soft gray. Oh, like my goodness. West, and this then... Geograph- geographically that. referenced, but not really mad. And then the, they have U of U, like... My yeah. favorite city. And Sugar House, another great city along the Wasatch Front. Also, <laughs> oh, they just spelled it wrong. Strange. They spelled Sugar House wrong? Yeah, it's it's just one word. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old map had ballpark as ball space park. Oh, oh dear <laughs> Lord, dude. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that is. Next map is the future TTC map. Uh, the TTC is, of 2030. Is What is TTC? Remember? The Toronto, Toronto Transit Commission. Okay. That is a lot and of And it has RER on there, which is the future of GO Transit. It has the new Ontario line. It has all the new LRT lines that they're building. This isn't a very good map because... It's cut off, so we'll skip to the next one, which is Paris. Paris. What I will say. Okay, things I will say about Paris. Consistent text angle. Yes, consistent text angle I like. There's like a couple of deviations, but there's a good reason for them Um, when they exist. My thing is that I would normally, there's inconsistencies between some of the lines of like what is a stop and what isn't a stop and so on and so forth. However, in this case, I will give it a pass for that. Because you can see the RER stations are denoted differently than the metro stations because they're actually like two different grades of system. Right. I remember riding, I think it was the 3 goes by the Eiffel Tower, and the 3 is just one of those fake buses on rails with rubber-tired ti- rubber metros. It's not a fake bus on rails. It's kind of a fake it bus It is on not rails. It either. has rubber it is, tires. It also has steel tires. It's, again, pick pick one or the other. Don't try to be both. Do not um, criticize the French way of doing things, you stupid anglophone. Huh? All I'm saying, all I'm Sack saying, Paris Metro was, like, probably the worst metro I've ridden on. I would put it even below the New York subway, and I get I'm being sacrilegious for this. The RER was very nice. I did like riding the RER. And something that's not reflected on this map that I liked about the RER is you go up and there's a like an electronic board with all the stations on the RER line. Ah. And so it, as a train was approaching the station, it would show the train like ID and then it would highlight the stations it was stopping at. So it allowed this like nice oh. flexible, you could run like an express service that only stopped at like some stations, but you're not constrained like the New York subway to skip, o- you can like dynamically allocate which stations you're skipping. Interesting. And it's a good way to identify like, cause there, it branches off on the ends of lines of being like, this is going off this branch or this is going off this branch. So RER, very nice. Paris Metro. Not Sorry, ideal. Paris Metro. Uh, I did not like the Paris Metro. Overall, the map, though, since we're talking about maps and yeah. the metro itself. No, we'll take a, we'll take a deviation. Spagoot. <laughs> six out of ten. <laughs> Spagoot, six out six of ten. Six out of ten. Fair it's, enough. There's, there's um, like... From the one scene at night at the museum, it's like, are we going to the opera? Is are you asthmatic? Like, there's too much going on here. Like, that's on <laughs> to a city, which is the capital city of a bad country. Yes. Um, <laughs> again, up up front, I do not condone the violence in Ukraine, and it's very sad. Situation. Yeah. No. Uh, that being said, I was fortunate enough for my family to get to visit Moscow before the pandemic even happened back in 2019. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in my day. I know. And I will say that the Moscow Metro is a very, very well-built system. Da tovarish. Yes. Horoshul. Now let's talk about this map. Let's talk yeah, about the map. Cool so map. This is unique. So it's more diagrammatic than anything because the they're built on a hub and spoke with like a uh, two connecting ring lines, and they're trying to expand that to three lines. And they've um, embraced this in the mapping. Yes, because they just have built it in a circle. They've gone for like just this. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. We put two ring circles on a map, and it's so pretty. There are some weird curves in there, though. Yes, there are weird curves, but despite there being weird curves, it's readable. It's it's this readable perfect blend between octolinear and radial. Like I really like the interchange station. What do we think about the weird interchanges? Okay, I will explain why the interchanges are the way they are. Okay, so when you're in the Moscow Metro, the first good thing is that if you're at a platform, it's not like a system that has three running trains. If a a train pulls up on one side of the station, like that's a blue line train. 
for sure. There's no confusion about that. It's going to be on the blue line. And the reason that the interchanges are laid out, especially in the middle of the city, is like hoops, is that their pedestrian network is actually a one-way pedestrian network. And so the reason they're they're laid out like that, especially in like... Um, Interesting. What is that? Uh, Boro, Borovitskaya, um, like the Borovitskaya station, is because the pedestrian walkway will go from like the dark blue platform to the light blue platform to the red platform, but not the gray platform. So it actually shows, it's a mini like pedestrian map. Interesting. Of the interchange. So you can follow those lines in real life to get between the yeah. stations? Yeah, and it's not going to be like, it's not geographically accurate, but you can be like, okay, if I want to go... Um, I think in that station it was like you have to go clockwise around the circle. So if you wanted to go from the gray to the red, you had to follow the pedestrian around clockwise. So Moscow Metro map gets an 8 or a 9 out of 10. I love it. But again, it's a map that does a good job. It just requires, like, it would be nice to educate people ahead of time how to read it, how to interpret it, and some tips and tricks. Like, yeah. if you're on a train and you hear a female voice, it shows that you're going out of the city. This and if is it's true. a male voice, you're going into the it city. Would or it's the other way around. I can't remember which way it is, but, like... Huh. I wonder if on the oh, paper right. renditions of this That's map, like, smart. on the wall or in a pamphlet, they have, like, a tips and tricks box or something. It's probably it's, all in but Russian. But it's in Cyrillic and Russian. I can sound out the words, but I can't read them. So, um, anyway, moving on. MTR. MTR, Singapore. And the LRT. Yeah, the LRTs. Um, I see a very curvy, mostly octilinear map. It's mostly octilinear. There's some weird, I think those people movers are either like neighborhoods or an airport or something. Uh, That's a lot the of LRTs, people movers. Yeah, they're, they connect some really high density, like, big like tower neighborhoods like like what you would see commie think commie blocks but like 60 stories and they connect those to like the nearest mtr stop so they're actually kind of interesting they're like yeah i like those i uh, my controversial opinion is like i like a good big apartment tower no, this is not a controversial opinion here. That's like, we are pro-tall building at this podcast. House, good. Like, Build more like, house. Build tall house. The side tangent, if you ever see the subreddit Urban Hell, I've started getting <laughs> mad because all that ever gets posted it's is, tall like, buildings. giant tall apartment towers. And the comments have started to get wise to this, and they're like, you know what's more depressing than, like, massive apartment blocks? Parking lots. <laughs> yeah. And, and parking lots. Or if so. you want actual Urban Hell, go back to, like, 1910s tenements. Yeah. Or, tenements. So mm-hmm. I'm, they're probably not great living conditions, but like Hong Kong has atrocious living conditions, but you can get the density, which justifies metros and light rails and people movers, and it's like more sustainable to do it that way. Yeah. But like nothing wrong with the gold, good old up-to-code tall building. Yeah. I think the stations yep. on this map are weird. They are weird, but... I like where they interchange, and it does mm. a good job. That of, like, is true. Them together. Like, it, I think it's more accessible to like colorblind people because you get not only the color for people, um, but you also get like the line name with it, and so you get an identifier and a color label. It's a great, great design map. It's a little weird, not consistent with its curve uh, radii, but but very, man, very usable. Seven or eight out of ten, very usable. I like it. Seven point five out of ten. Next map. Oh, <laughs> dear God. Um, this is what happens when you are just paid, like, too much money and your Wendover Productions and what you do. <laughs> 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 Whoa, shame. Shame no, no offense. No offense, oh. Wendover Productions. You're actually one of my favorite channels, and I love your and I love your jet lag series, but, like, this is, this is very much your style of, like, Graphics. You know, it took me a while to realize that Wendover Productions and Half as Interesting (laughs) were not the same channel. (laughs) 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 But it was made by the same person. Anyway, um, this is actually like the next in a very long line of horribly designed bus maps for Park City. (laughs) This is the one I have the most knowledge about because this was this is where I grew up. Yeah, this is Park City. This is Uh Park City. I, could, I would not be able to tell yeah. unless you told me. First thing I see oh is the spot where there's like six different colored lines all stacked up and overlapping in a good. triangle. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the Deer Valley. That's Snow Park Lodge. This is one of those maps that attempts to be geographical and diagrammatic and fails at both. It's just, and, and the thing that bothers me the most, I was trying to find another map that had this, is the Canyons Village Transit Hub, that little brown line that branches off of it. There's no way to tell... What? in which order those stops are visited. It's just... This is not a functional map. It's 
it's a barely functional map. And the the other map I was looking for that I couldn't find showed all the microtransit like service oh. zones. Wait, no, isn't there isn't the like the weird dotted line the microtransit service zone? That might be it. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that the weird dotted line on this map gives you no geographic reference. Like. My parents' house would not show up on this map if it were geographically accurate, but it isn't a microservice zone. Special. So this is sort of geographically accurate and sort of not. It also has way too many lines on it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you guys really run a lot of lines along Main Street, don't you? And they all just kind of go the same place. And the thing about this is also um, it's dissolved into two different transit companies now. For no reason, yeah. yeah. Um, So it's High Valley Transit and then Park City Transit. They do have that in, like, the key or whatever. Yeah, they do, but it's still just... Uh, Yeah, that's dumb. I am going to say this really quick. I hate this. I hate this map. Yeah, it sucks so bad. It's really terrible and cursed. How am I supposed to tell, like, where the different services go? I, like, look at that yellow line on here. How like am I supposed to... The whole point of a bus map is to be geographically accurate because you need to know exactly where it goes because there isn't, like, you know, if you go if you go to a rail map, right, you're like, ah, this is Central Point Station, and I know where that is. It's on 21st South. Yeah. But and this... There's, and there's stations, like, every discrete distance, and they're, like, big things. Yeah. But a bus, you just get off on the side of the roads. It's pretty important to know what road that is. It's... Just so bad. The, like, the <laughs> l- I, I can use it. Least I, readable no one and could least use usable bus yeah, map. Yeah, and you can't use transit app for PCT either. No, so. you can't. No. It's like a separate. My thing with this is that I'm pretty sure, like, the high school I went to, Park City High, class of 19, yay. <laughs> Throwing on my pickaxe. Gang, gang. My pickaxe, gang signs. Because um, <laughs> we're the Park City Miners. Yeah. Anyway, they have, like, a professional career development program, which the district is just pouring money into. And this just feels oh, like something that would be like a high school project. And I don't oh. want to be the guy that's like, this is bad because it's a high school project, but it it just is, it needs work. It's also, so over-designed. Question, what is the point of, of a park and ride for a, a regular bus route? So a park yeah. and ride, so again, we have, <laughs> we have no rail in Park City, and the no, reason we don't actually have good transit is because all of the hotels lobby against it. Because what? if it's easy to get to Park City from Salt Lake, why would you pay money for a hotel in Park City? So all is of that the, why the PCSLC Connect is so bad? Probably. Yeah, it's because like I would love to see some some rail or something, but the, that's the rumor I hear is that it's all the lodging companies. That that makes it. no uh, sense to me. Yeah, you would still no nothing in Park City does. Nothing in Park City makes Park City sense. is kind of a cursed place, it's, to be honest with you. Having lived there for 18... I lived there for 18 years and saw how it evolved, and as as I saw a sticker, uh, fuck fail. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, All right, well, let's see your, like, improved oh yeah, so map. This is... Um, I just wanted to sharpen my illustrator skills when I was a senior in high school, so I made this. And this is actually before they split up and, like... This is there was a lot more services. I can um, see this is from the start a clearly diagrammatic map. It's it's purely diagrammatic map. It's not, not it's even, not even pretending to be like a half-assed geographic map. No, it is purely diagrammatic. Things I hate is some of the labels are off. I also suffer from the multiple angles label problem. Oh yeah, you yeah. do, don't you? Um, and there's just some weird bits like the PCMR resort. Everything just curves, and that was a poor choice on my part. <laughs> so. I see the same problem with the, the yellow line on here is, is I can't tell, like, where it goes and in what order. But the thing with the yellow line... Oh, you have arrows line, on Yeah, here. there's arrows on That's them. That's so already it, a big improvement. It makes it clear, but especially on the pink line in Kimball Junction, um, up on the north part of the map, the reason it's such a mess is because the service pattern is a mess. Like, okay. there, it's, it's one of those, there's no correct way to notate it. It's just so you've done a better job by just putting <laughs> arrows on it. Yeah, that that is what the map could, could do better up is having arrows to denote service patterns and stuff like that. So I'm not saying I did a perfect job designing it. In fact, I look back and I'm like, man, there is a lot that I could do better. But It's definitely better than the old one in that it, yeah, that, it that was the goal. takes a thing to do and then it does it. And here's the thing is the one we were just looking at isn't even the worst one that they've had. Let me find, let me find like an old school. Oh, 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 you want to, I'll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear Lord, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just a blob wait, wait. of lines. Is that, that's a new? Th- this was what we had before. This is what, before. Is, this is what my map shows is this. That is just a blob like, of line. 
like all these little wow. blue dots, these are bus stops. And Whoa. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> This is so unreadable. Just, I, yeah. I will give them that they have arrows, but following the arrows doesn't do you that much. And good. they're double. Most of them are double sided arrows. What? Anyway. Oh, they are double sided yeah, arrows. So okay, that doesn't do. Crap. That's what we had before. Oh, this is the map I was looking for. This is the. This it gets is the one worse. I, this is the High Valley Transit map. Oh yeah, and that this makes was my it look like a train. Was like, what does looking at this map accomplish for you as transit user? Also, what is the point of that red route, and why is it not? go anywhere. So that's um, the Canyons Resort and all of its little extremity. Uh, it's just a little resort shuttle. It's a little resort shuttle. Um, all right. Fair enough. Anyway, so as you can see, Park City Transit has had a troubled nav history. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. Um, and then before we go, I do have the most cursed transit map I have ever seen I'm to ready. show you. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. The, oh. It is the last slide. And it is the Trans Millennio Bogota's Bogota's special BRT. Oh, I'm I'm ready. Hold on, I'm these to you. <laughs> I don't think you're ready yet. <gasps> All right, it is impossible to be for ready this. for this map. Okay, hot take. I don't hate this as much as I. Think I don't hate it either, but it, it shows every so possible service much. pattern on each line. It's it's. <laughs> Are you athmatic? Are we going <laughs> to the opera? No, it's too much. Okay, so for starters, it picks one thing it's trying to do, which yeah. is to show literally all information in a diagrammatic format. Isn't it great how some of the lines change colors? Yeah, that's cursed. Uh, actually, all of them change colors? <laughs> yeah, most of them, I mean, most of them change colors. I just can't stand how it looks like some of these are just redundant lines that have different service patterns. I don't even think there's an all local on any of these. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, there is one. Nope, that's not an all-local. LMAO. <laughs> okay, as a piece of artwork, I love it. As a functional transit map, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, well, and this, you know, this sort of weird service pattern thing may be the reason why it has a 12% user satisfaction rate, but... <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's no. not a joke. That is an official oh, an official no. statistic okay, yeah. from Transmillennial. They have the, 12% the user satisfaction the spaghetti in the middle of this map, like on a normal transit map or say like an actual rail map for like an actual rapid transit system. Hey, be nice. You would show like a different color for different lines that go from one place to some other place instead of having them change color in the middle and just grouping everything that goes in one direction in one color. Here's the thing is like if you're colorblind you're screwed. If you're not colorblind <laughs> you're screwed. There's no good way to interpret this. Like the trunk, I get they're trying to do a trunk line situation like in the New York subway map but that implies trunks and branches. This is just... You would need to get a pencil out like, and, like, trace out the route you want to take. I'm and watching... And if you get lost, like, try again. Follow, follow the topmost green line like, that starts, and it goes... Okay. It becomes purple, purple. It goes through the blue. It becomes purple. purple. Then it becomes brown. Oh, then it, it goes over... Oh, sharp turn. To a <laughs> that is <laughs> cursed graphic design. It goes over to a different brown. Oh. It doesn't And then it merges the into the orange, and I think it terminates at then, Portal de USME. Yeah, I think it's... This is artful but useless. Yes. I think that, sh that it, there's many maps that fit that. It's so hard to... It uh, has all the information, theoretically, but it's so hard to see where anything actually goes. This is true. So, Will... Also, this service pattern is cursed yeah. now. Thank you for being on oh. the Red Line podcast. It's, you are cool and smart. It's been it's been an honor. I, I was like, when I first texted you, I was making dinner. I'm like, if you do a maps episode, I want to be on it. And I here just, we are. We're doing a maps. When episode. you said, yeah, I was giddy for like a week. Cool. So this has been the wow. highlight of my week. Aww, oh, that's so, so wholesome. <laughs> unlike so, unlike this map we just looked. this map was not unlike Transmillennial, <laughs> which is not wholesome. <laughs> this is correct. I'm sorry, Transmillennial. Yeah. You tried. <laughs> you you there was an attempt. Here, if you look at it from like this viewing distance, where you can't actually read anything, it looks a lot better. Yeah, you gotta like put on a pair of VR glasses. Put it farther away from your face, or you'll overload your brain. Yeah, yeah like blur my eyes, like kind of looks like, like a lizard. Your, yeah, just blur your like eyes. Look, it's got colors. Oh, so pretty. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you for being here, Will. 
And if you are watching and or listening at home, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Draw your maps and send them to us yes, via Twitter crayon. or email. Send, it, send me maps on Twitter and I will be <gasps> crayoning. We didn't talk about crayoning. Yeah, we did. It's not on the script. That's okay. We'll, it is on we'll the We'll have a whole episode where we just exhibit user crayons. I want to be, be on the crayon. Yeah, you can be on the crayon episode. So that we can critique users like we have these maps, but yeah. nicer. We nice, <laughs> and not be like, this is garbage! <laughs> like Gordon Ramsay, like, Where's the lamb sauce? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to up my cramming game to include actual graphic design. I'm gonna redo. I use a Microsoft Paint for. I'm crayon. gonna redo. <laughs> I'm gonna redo my map I posted on Reddit. That was my do crayoning. It. Do, it. Do, it. Do, it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Peer pressure. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I was saying before, we got distracted by crayoning. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube, and to follow us and leave a rating on iTunes and Spotify. Also, you should follow me on Twitter and send me maps because I am constantly doing urbanist shoot posting there. Uh, thank you to our patrons. Our frontrunner tier at $10 is... Curtis Herring. Mike Christensen. Phobos2390. Our redline tier at $5 is... Brian Smith. Jacob... <laughs> <laughs> Jacob White Cotton. Robert P. Walsh. And our blue line tier at $3. Ben Booseth. DJ Will Watkins. Hi, Will. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan McDonald. And Martin Hoker Martinez. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, that's all, folks. (laughs) 